as I know it's happened with uh, Reed Martin and Matt Croak as young boys, they decided, let's run off and join the circus. And there, Reed at least, worked with Peter Bufano, who not only said, let's run off and join the circus, he said, let's run off and join and form a circestra. Do I have that right? Yeah. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, number 706, Joining the Circestra. Music you're hearing now is the first thing you hear in our production of the complete history of comedy abridged, and it was composed by Peter Bufano, a graduate of Clown College, a former Ringling Brothers circus clown, and now an assistant professor at the Berklee College of Music in Boston. Like so many of us during this quarantine and lockdown, Peter has taken his talents online, where on his Facebook page he's composing music and writing stories in real time based on prompts from his friends and followers, and it is fascinating to watch. Uh, Peter took a few minutes away from all of that to talk to me about the journey from clown to composer and how one discipline informs the other. The idea of like moving over to the music department after uh, starting in, in clowning, you know, it, there was a, a period of time there between, <laughs> it wasn't just like, oh, well, I'm going to go to clown college and then like, you know, a minute later saying like, and let me uh, do, do circus music, you know? So there was, there's like a decade between um, me going to clown college and going out on the road at Ringling and to eventually, um, you know, starting to just entirely focus on um, writing music for circus. Well, and I, and I knew I first met you as a former clown buddy of Reed's and, 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 and that's how I thought of you. But now, particularly in the wake of this, lockdown and uh, um, with everybody doing stuff online, I now think of you, oh God, Reed's composer friend, Peter. Oh, right, I think he used to be a clown. Mm -hmm. um, we were supposed to, just last weekend, we were supposed to have performed the complete history of comedy abridged at the Hartford Stage Company in, in, in Connecticut. And that has been moved to October of 2020 and we're crossing our fingers that it's still gonna happen then, uh, you know, watch this space. But Within the complete history of comedy abridged, we have incorporated some of uh, Peter's music, and um, as performed by both you and your group, Circestra. Mm -hmm. So I'm dying to know what were you always a composer? Did the clowning oh, 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 turn on something in you? Um, how did how did that transition happen in your mind and then in real life? Yeah, I don't think of. Um any either of those things or anything that I, I do or have done is like starting at some point, you know, like I always had an interest um, in the performing arts in general. I was interested in circus arts when I was a kid, you know, before it, it was an idea about like, oh, well, would I do this as an adult or would this become something I took seriously? You know, I, I had an interest in it and yeah, I taught myself how to juggle, you know. And at the same time, I was teaching myself how to play instruments and stuff. I mean, I was just finding stuff to do. I just had hobbies. I just had hobbies. And, and, and I just and, and you're discovering what you're good at along the way and what appeals I, to you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I also never, um, I won't say never, but I have never, 
operated from a place that like, oh, I'm good at this. This is, I'm doing this because I'm good at it. It's actually more motivating for me. The idea that I'm not good at it is much more of a catalyst for me to, to uh, put myself into it and um, try to, try to uh, find ways to do more. Well, through your, through your workshop prompts that you've been giving yourself on these Facebook videos, 33 minutes where you, where you challenge yourself to write a scene or a story or something, it's been fascinating to watch, to watch you, and yet you say you're not good at it. But I mean, just watching you sit down with the confidence and the skill and the ability at a keyboard, and not only to play it, but to sing it, and then to write it, to write it down, and then mix, and then create all these other instruments, you clearly have some skill. What's the thing you think you're not that good at? Um, well, you know, like who do I compare myself to and stuff? And, and that's, that's a moving target. Like I hear yeah. other things and I go, God, I wish I could do that. And I give you just one example. There's always one, you know, uh, but I'll give you an example that I've, I've noticed this kid, I think he's probably 20 years old, you know, and his name is, um, Luke Preddy. Uh, he's a Canadian kid. I guess he calls himself like a producer, a songwriter, and he, he performs, live as a duo with his sister, his younger sister. And um, they make electronic music. You know, it's like, it's it's stuff that I'm hearing on um, Spotify and on iTunes and stuff and seeing them on YouTube. And uh, it's a lot of it's instrumental. Some of it has vocal. I'm listening to it and I'm like, he's invented his own genre. It's extremely emotive. It's engaging. It uh, compels you to move like, it has all of the hallmarks of beautiful music. And, you know, he's less than half my age and extremely accomplished in a way that like, I try to model, you know, I'm like, oh, can, can I do this? Can I do that? So just as, just an example is like someone who does that. And I know that's general, to, you know, about like your question about what is, what specifically do I think I could do better, but it's a constant moving target. Sure, sure. And every time you set out, you 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 accomplish you you accumulate skills as you go. And the next time you think, all right, I, now I know what I'm doing. And you sit down, and every new creative project is a new creative project that you need to learn how to create this thing because it's slightly different than that your previous project. Yeah. Um, when you did clearly, you must have been musical as a kid. Did music inform your clown persona at all? Did, was there somewhere in the clowning that you went, wait a second, it's more funny with music or, you know what I'm I asking? Think, yeah, yeah. I, I think like that took a while to develop actually. I and mean, that took a long time because um, like, I'll give you an example. At Clown College, I wrote this great gag. Um, I think it was with, uh, oh, it was with a guy named Max Snow. He was my classmate. And um, Robin Urich was our teacher working on the, he was directing the gag with us. And it was the driving school gag. I was a student in a car and Max Snow was the teacher, the driving school teacher. And so you see this like frontal view of two guys in a car and we never drive anywhere. Like you just see the front of the car as if we're, and we create motion, you know, like through the uh -huh. pantomime of it. And I remember Robin saying, so we have to decide what music. And I just said, oh, I don't know, like, you know, ragtime. And um, which is like probably the first answer anyone would say if you're looking for like, oh, what's what's funny? What's a clown? You know, it's like it's the first answer and it's it's one dimensional. It's, it's less than one dimensional because because it is the first answer, like any other choice would dimensionalize that more. Any other choice. So to give you an example of like, well, did these two, did these two things support each other in any way? And like, was I skillful 
in scoring for circus. No, not at all. I hadn't, I hadn't really discovered like the relationship really. And that, that took, you know, until I really started studying film scoring and then went, moved to LA and worked on films. Like I didn't really appreciate how much, um, how much depth music added to the circus arts. Well, and you're not just some guy who just, you know, decided to, Hey, do this one day. You went to Berkeley school of music, right? Got a degree. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I teach there now part-time, I, I have a teaching gig there. So, which is, you know, happening like this online and right. that's a whole other interesting story in itself. And that, um, that brought about, uh, making a lot of videos for my students over the last five years and brought about, you know, what I'm doing now is every week I do uh, a creation stream where like, I take a suggestion from my audience, you know, and, and then compose a piece of music in 33 minutes. And, um, and yes, that is very much akin and borrowed from, uh, improv structures where like, I don't know what I'm going to have to do when it comes from the audience. And, um, that really, uh, took root and got polished up because I, you know, when I'm teaching, I have to do a similar set of skills and I am teaching composition. So I'm often now doing it for my students while I talk about doing it. And that in itself is a juggling act. You know. Well, and you talked about, uh, um, uh, you know, ragtime being the first choice and any other choice would be more dimensional. Do you, do you think like the music that you write for circus is funny music or it's real music supporting funny situations? I mean, you could you talk to different people and you get different answers. Like it's it's really interesting what other people think. But for me, um, I'm looking at the relationship and the function. So so sometimes I'm writing like if I want to to like bring out what's funny about a clown gag. And let's take a specific example. You know, um, let's take uh, okay, um, Joel Jeske is doing a bit where. And this is a, a real life recent example. I was working on Joel's show and Joel's doing a bit where every time he opens the closet door, something else that it's impossible to be in the closet is, is in there. You know, he, he opens the door and you hear uh, a locomotive and you see like a big bright floodlight come on his face. Like that's something that's happening throughout this, this show as a running gag. And so at one point he opens it and there's a disco in there. You know, and so like it's a strobe light or whatever. It's like disco lights and something that sounds like club music. And so so I'm writing that. It's like, is it funny? Yeah, it gets a huge laugh. But if you just put it on and listen to it, you wouldn't even know it's my music. You'd say like, oh, it's something, I guess something like what I'd hear in a club right now. So yeah, it's funny, but the joke the joke isn't that there's something silly like horns and you know, ben, bendy clarinets and slidey trombones. It's that wouldn't be funny. You know, it's right. like the funniest joke to me is someone who's sincerely just trying to do something we all try to do every day and it's not working out and they're pissed off about it. That's hysterical to me. And, and so I, when I see that, I play to how pissed off they are. Like I write angry music or something, you know, it's like, and it just, turns it up yeah and even as i was asking the question i went well that's like asking me it's like well do you act funny mm -hmm. no i it, right. no you know you stick to the reality of the situation and the intensity exactly. and the earnestness of the situation is what provides the comedy although i will say i'm a sucker for a slidey trombone <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe there's a place to use that where it's funny. Hey, this is Joel Murray, Freddie Rumson from Mad Men. And I tell you, I could just pee my pants over how great this Reduced Shakespeare Company's podcast is. Fabulous. Oh, Christ. Where can you RSC the RSC? Right now, the only place to see the remote Shakespeare company is online. We've created a brand new page at our website, ReducedShakespeare.com, where right this second you can watch us perform many of our epic abridgments from the comfort of your own shelter. Right now, you can see the Ring Reduced, where we transform Wagner's 17-hour ring cycle into a brief and palatable 23-minute musical film. Lost Reduced, where we cram the first five seasons of the landmark TV show Lost into 10 minutes. Our appearances on two Jeopardy! tournaments of champions, plus some brand new videos we recorded and shot especially for right now, plus the almost two-hour video Q&A that Reed Martin and I conducted on Facebook, and our reduced reunion of over 50 RSE actors, stage managers, and wardrobe goddesses from at least four different time zones. Just go to our website, ReducedShakespeare.com, and click on the Remote Shakespeare Company link. We'll continue to add to this page, so be sure to bookmark it. You can also grab your own copy of Pop-Up Shakespeare, written by me and Reed Martin and beautifully illustrated by Jenny Mazels. It's perfect for homeschooling little kids of any age or entertaining anyone of any age that is now home and locked down for the summer. It's on sale worldwide and you can find links to both Amazon and independent bookstores in the U.S. and the U.K. on our website. And you can watch Jenny, Reed, and I talk about the creation of Pop-Up Shakespeare in a video we just recorded. You can find it on the RSC Facebook page, the RSC YouTube page, or on the RSC website. Just go to the Books menu at ReducedShakespeare.com and click on Pop-Up Shakespeare. And now back to my conversation with Peter Bufano, former Ringling Brothers circus clown, graduate of Clown College, and now assistant professor at the Berklee College of Music in Boston. Can you explain to me the formation and the composition of Circestra? Because A, it's a great name, but also the music that you create with yourself or them. I'm not even sure. Is it just you or is it a no, team no, no. of folks? No, it's it's had a, like a, a revolving door of uh, accompl accomplices and henchmen throughout the years, and and really, <laughs> and I mean, some really great musicians worked on Circestra over the years. But in recent years, like they're all scattered. Everybody has these great careers on like Broadway and um, you know uh, Vegas shows and 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 being parents and be, you know whatever you know like people are doing things, and so. Um, you know, where we were six years ago, seven years ago, doing tours that included like the Lincoln Center and stuff. We don't, we don't play out anymore. I put, I put out an album a couple of years ago with some of the alums, um, Kate Hostetter, like the original additional member, the original henchman, henchperson, Kate <laughs> was, was on that album, like featured a lot. And she came, came here to Boston for a week and, you know, and we did our thing. And, um, uh, a bunch of other players. So, so, you know, there's stuff to be done with Circestra still, but like it becomes increasingly difficult. Um, if you're not touring, like you don't really have a way to support those right. releases, you know, and I'm hitting an age where it's like, I don't know. I don't know if I'll be really doing touring gigs ever again in my life. Who knows? It's not out of the question, but, um, no, I, you know, I feel you. I, <laughs> 
talking about that all the time now. Um, uh, um, now I talk, uh, Reed, Martin said that I needed to make sure I asked you about two, I'm sure highlights of your career. One of them is a piece you either wrote with him or worked on with him, like to the tune of Taxman or something where he played the accordion. Is this ringing any bells? Yeah, yeah. I remember we were on the ring. We were on the Ringling Show, like on the train in the hallway, you know, like making music. You know, cool. I think it was. I I think we were doing it was like basically it was. We were doing awesome. like a kind of a Weird Al spoof, you know, of like the Beatles song Taxman, but we changed the the main refrain to Boss Clown because you know, <laughs> I'm the Boss Clown. I mean. It's pretty funny. I I haven't had a place for that sort of stuff in my life in a long time, but like you don't forget something like that because it's it's something cool to do together. You yeah. know, other than like 13 shows a week and, you know, living on a shithole of a train and, you know. It's like <laughs> Right. Well, and that's the other thing too. I mean, particularly in this lockdown where we're doing everything online, but music like acting is a communal thing or can be yeah. or should be. Mm-hmm. You know, and the uh, and and making those Making making that kind of art with other people is enormously right. satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I was going to ask you, I think, is it was about the, you. You scored a film recently. I think it's out available on Amazon with Larry Pasoni or about Larry. It's, oh yeah, it's about Larry. Yeah. Oh, it's a great film. You should see. It. It's called um, It's called Circus Kid, and um, the director, the author, the creator of the film. Let's say he has so many different. Um, feet in in different pots of it if that's a way to say it is lorenzo his son lorenzo is is the creator of it so it's largely about the story of uh larry and then and the whole family including lorenzo so it's interesting that like you're seeing this a family circus story told in an epic sort of a like over time um in a you know like a standard kind of uh 70 minute documentary format um but it's told by the son in the story you know and cool and i guess the compelling like if you want to look for the byline of it um i hate to sensationalize things and this this uh runs the risk of doing it but the byline is like oh uh this this family kind of explodes um they form a circus and then they kind of like explode at some point for various normal life reasons and what's left is that Lorenzo at like 11 years old is, is alone by himself in the circus and like his parents have gone one direction and the other and his sister has gone one way and the circus continues um, and he's kind of just on his own, you know, and it's like, it's a, it's a very compelling story. And, and I know Lorenzo, I worked with him in a show in Vegas and, um, you know, he's an amazing performer and an amazing person. So I guess in a way it's like, you'd never trade in the hardest right. life experiences if it meant you weren't going to be who you are. And Larry, you know, is an important person in our world. I mean, he created so much and gave a venue to so many people in our world. He really conceived of and made the blueprint for a lot of what is happening today from uh, youth circuses to Cirque du Soleil, really. Do you feel like... Um your composing and your music satisfies a, th- uh, a a creative urge that clowning used to, or are they different, scratching different itches? I guess it must. I mean, you know, why does anyone do anything creative? And why did I leave clowning? I mean, uh, 
Yeah, I guess it does. I mean, I just don't, I don't, I don't think I thought about either of those things, like with some kind of a plan, like I need to do this for this reason. I think it's like, um, this is probably the most offensive way I could think of answering the question, but I do think of it more as a birth defect than a career choice. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's like, right. It's just like, Oh no, I was going to do this. I've tried all these other things too. It's like, you guys don't see that. Like at 1.5 years ago, I was obsessed with silk screening. I was like, Oh, I'm going to make silk screen t-shirts. Like that was my obsession for about a minute until I realized like, <laughs> what a mess I was making of the studio here, you know, and like, and, and that I was never going to be even good enough to like crank out one t-shirt a day. Like it was a, th it, it was a thing though, but I was obsessed for that, that moment in time. And I, I go through these cycles. I'm like, I have to try this. I have to try that. My partner, Camilla is uh, a, a video film and animation producer. And she um, just produced a, 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 a animated short right, right here in this space. And, um, I watched her do that for a couple of months and I was like, I have to make animation. Like that's it. Now I'm, I walk around thinking like, I have to make animation. Like, I don't think I'm ever going to finish one, but I, I'm thinking it. So I, this is just, you know, this thing, like doing clowning, doing music for media and theater it is just another one of those things. But like, um, it's, it's some of the only skills I, I have. And so, so like, I have to keep doing it. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Comedy Podcast. Send us your seriously funny music via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. You can also find us and interact with other fans on our dedicated podcast page on Facebook at RSE Podcast, on Instagram at Reduced Shakespeare Company, or on my preferred platform on Twitter at Reduced. You can also follow me on Twitter at Austin Titchener, and you can follow Peter on Twitter at Peter Bufano. Thanks, as always, to Once a Clown, Always a Clown, Matthew Croak. Web services by Ginger Power Limited. Music this week by Peter Bufano and Sirkestra. You heard excerpts from the tracks Walking Around from the album Swing, Book from the album Adventure di Pinocchio, and Clown Chaos and Bowling, also from the album Swing. You can find Peter's and Sirkestra's music on Spotify, Apple Music, and all your favorite music outlets. And you can find more information about Peter Bufano at his website, peterbufano.com. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to Adriana Wright. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to Joel Murray, a very funny and musical fellow in his own right. Follow Joel on Twitter and Insta at JoelMurray9 of 9. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. Please stay safe and stay home. I'm Austin Titchener, 706 2018ths of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. Thanks, man. Keep going. Keep on keeping on, man. The, the, the honor is mine, and I, I really appreciate it. It's, it's a pleasure. This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less.